Hey, what is up? Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Reluctant Vegan Son. I'm Adam, The Reluctant Vegan Son, and on this episode, we talk about my new job where I'm cooking chicken, actually, but I'm not eating it, and how I'm going through it, and whether I want to continue and what type of ethics that is, and join the Naredon Greenberg Poker Association as we talk about our favorite game, poker. I learned when I was three. It's a great game. Enjoy. Before quarantine, I was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was drinking, I was smoking, don't catch me FBI, I was living life. I thought I had a great time. I was eating a shit ton of fast food. Quarantine hit, I came home, my family is vegan. I became the reluctant vegan son. This is my podcast talking with my friends and family about food, veganism, all types of things, whatever the fuck comes up and I love it. So, hit the music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 14 of the Reluctant Vegan Sun. Woo-woo! Yeah, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> I am joined by Nikki Nairdin once again. Uh, not the only guest on my podcast, but the only, the one, the only, guest, only, but you know, frequent guest, Most somehow not guest. good enough for her. I don't know. <laughs> I get jealous. When my microphone gets shipped up, there would be other guests. I don't know what's going on with my microphone. I have no it, clue. I don't have your microphone. I don't have the microphone that was sent to me as well. I'm supposed to have Lily's. Mm. Mm. So yeah, that's the plan. So for the foreseeable future, until I get a new microphone, so I can podcast with friends in New Paltz, or I could Zoom with other people too. I guess. Maybe I'll. I guess I'm never going to send you your microphone. You know. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> you made but, that easy for me. No, I didn't. She's she's going to send me the microphone. No way! Yeah, no way! Is. I will oh. do anything in my power to be the only the one. She's sending me another microphone. <laughs> a microphone. Or I'll go on Amazon and order another microphone. No. Ah, modern <laughs> problems require modern solutions. That's true. So anyways, That's true. I'm joined by the amazing Nikki Naredin, my mother, and Thank a doctor, you. and a vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, all That's a true. person. A not reluctant vegan. Not reluctant vegan. <laughs> so yeah, episode 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, new and good? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I could go first. Does make a difference. All right. Oh, I'm going first. Okay. So uh, let's see. My new and good. Well, the gym reopened today. Really? Yeah. And uh-huh. so what they're doing at my school is they have a maximum of 15 people in at a time. Mm. And you sign up for one hour slots. You have to sign up ahead of time. Wow. And you sign up for one hour slots. And that's about it. Uh, if I went to a gym... Before this, so that was really good. I haven't been to the gym in a while. Uh huh. Cool. Did and you go to yeah. the gym already? Or are you going? Are you yeah, I went already. This? I went oh, before wow. this. How was it? So it was good. Did some back and some biceps, and uh, my friend Alan was there, so I worked out with him. So that was awesome. Nice. And it's a lot of fun. It feels good to work out. Mm. It feels really good to work out. I mean, were you doing another kind of workout while you were um, not going to the gym? Not really. I mean, you saw at home, 
at home we have 10 pound dumbbells as the max weight <laughs> yeah so it kind of limits what you can do mm. that's all we had but i did some running when i was at home and i'm playing frisbee up here so True. Yeah, and you were we, doing some Gaga. I don't mean I don't mean to let the cat out of the bag, but oh, that's fine. I, I don't know if people Gaga. know what Gaga is, but Gaga is uh interpretive dance. Yeah, it's like an Israeli freestyle dance form freestyle, that has taken yeah. the world by storm. It's really good. I mean, the goal is because a lot of people when they dance, they get very self conscious. And Gaga, you're not supposed to watch anybody or any screens. You're supposed to not have any mirrors in the room. You're just supposed to flow with your body and feel the sensation of your spine. Is it <laughs> Back flesh. What was that? What were they saying? Back flesh. Wait, what did they say it again? The meaty back flesh. Meaty back flesh. Wait, it's not vegan. The, there, there's some- The there's carroty some back flesh. <laughs> Somehow you had to- I think meaty is not necessarily not vegan. Cause you could say a mushroom is very meaty. Oh, that's true. I think that's an adjective, but it is used mostly to describe meat. That's interesting. I mean, if somebody gives you their meat with consent, then I guess, I mean, it's muscular. It's muscle. Like if I bit your arm or something and you said, great, bite, bite my arm. I guess that would be okay. No. Okay. You wouldn't let me bite your arm? I don't think that would be okay. <laughs> I mean, if I said, yeah, bite my arm, I'd be a little worried. I'd be like, wait a second. Why do you want me to bite? Why do you want to bite my arm? Why am I letting you bite my arm? I don't know. I have other priorities than you. I guess you could eat it. I'd be more worried about myself. Right. <laughs> I mean, human bites are actually pretty dangerous and, you know, pretty. They are and they're not. Bacteria ridden. Oh, in that regards, yes. In that regard, yeah. Because they're not the sharpest teeth. Like, yes, yes, human teeth are sharp. Mm-hmm. But right. they're not meant to slice up flesh like if somebody bit no matter how strong their jaws mm. i don't think anybody could bite through an arm can they i don't think so like not completely bite through an arm yeah yeah like once you get to bone you probably uh done stopped. <laughs> you need to stop then that is always the indication to stop is once you get to bone are we going to be biting our arms now everybody try this at home don't We're try all... this at home oh don't try this arm are we trained professionals we're we trained try... professionals no! at biting arms oh my god that's too funny but yeah so that's what's new and good mm, that's great uh, yeah working out uh-huh cool yeah so Oh, I still need to finish my workout. I got to stretch and stuff. How's your stretching but, going? Did you meditate this morning? I did meditate this morning. Wow, good. You're like at five months with that meditation. Yeah, I mean, I stopped a couple of days. I did badly, but mm. I don't always do it like first thing in the morning, but I did do it today, mm. which is really good. Mm. So, You're yawning a lot today. Yeah. yeah. Tired. I got work after this too, so. Oh, how late are you working until? I work from 6 to 10.30. Wow. How's your job going? It's fine. Well, I was going to talk about that later. Okay, cool. But first, what's new and good with you? Uh, what's new and good with me other than I'm sweating. Sweating like an onion. Um, I went to the beach today. You know, usually I meet a group of women every Friday morning. And we've been meeting since the kids were really young, like, you know, a few months old. I wasn't part of this group for a while just because I was working on Fridays. And then at some point I stopped working on Fridays and then we would meet every Friday morning and just kind of chat and, and spend time together and bitch and moan and stuff like that. Uh, but today many of the women were- You weren't the one who was bitching and moaning. 
I, I'm not the major bitcher and moaner, that's for sure. I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we just proclaimed a good listener. <laughs> Do you not think I'm a good listener? I never said that. It's just hard to self-proclaim yourself as a good listener. I don't know. I could self-proclaim myself as a couple of things. What would you self-proclaim yourself as? A good listener. Are you a good listener? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good listener, but I was just That's saying that good. as a joke because I was saying you can't self-proclaim that. And then, and then you self-proclaimed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm cutting you off to self-proclaim that I'm a good listener. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good proclamation that you mm-hmm. self-proclaimed. Anyway, so I went with Joan to Reese, Jacob Reese Park, which is a okay. beach, uh, off of Flatbush Avenue, kind of the end of Brooklyn by the Rockaways, I think. I somehow got there. Thank you, Waze, for getting me there. Mm-hmm. And I ended up meeting my cousins, Josh and Wendy, your second cousins, or is that your cousins once removed? Do we know how to do that? It's my cousins once removed. So Their kids second, are my second cousins. So the kids are your second cousins. So they're yeah. your your first, first cousins, cousins once removed, mm-hmm. and then the kids of the second cousins. So uh, we ended up meeting them there, and it was really nice. You know, people were socially distancing. The weather was really warm. The water felt nice. We hung out there for about three hours. Then we came back and we ate at Buddha Badai, our famous favorite vegan dim sum restaurant in Chinatown, which is only about 15 minutes away from us walking. You should send me food from there. I should. I can actually show you and make you salivate for the food I brought home. No, no, no. You mail it to me and hopefully (laughs) it stays good. Well, you know, since it's not made of an animal product, it might stay better than others. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, they ship animal products all over the world, so. That's true. I guess they have to be frozen. Yeah. Interesting. That's awesome, though. That's good. Yeah, we had a good Did night. you? There's a beach in Brooklyn. You swam in the park yeah. there. Nice. Yeah, it's a beach. It's a really nice beach. I mean, the Rockaways are nice. And this yeah, the Jacob Rockaways. Reese Park is really nice. Is that in the Rockaways? Or? I think it's fairly close to the Rockaways, but don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but it's all the way down the Pelt, Belt Parkway, close to the Verrazano Bridge, okay. heading off towards Flatbush Avenue. I don't know what the name of that part is, but, you know, it's always difficult to remember that there is a beach in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I know Brighton Beach, like Coney Island and stuff, but... Right, I guess there's a lot of beaches in Brooklyn. It's kind of a shithole. Which one? Coney Island. Ah. A little bit. Uh Why? It's nice, but I think it's overhyped. It just gets really crowded and Mm. a little dirty. Yeah. I mean, they've got all those rides, right? They do have all the rides at Coney Island. Yeah. I used to think it was such a cool place. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I mean, when you were young, it was pretty cool. And didn't you play at that minor league stadium or you didn't play at that one, did you? No, I didn't play at that one. Mm. We went to see a, a little league game at that minor league stadium. The other one in Staten Island and stuff. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to talk about, there are a few things I wanted to talk about on this episode. Mm. Uh, first one is my job. So I work, I'm working at, wait for it, this place called Chicken Bok. <laughs> No, don't say it. I'm just saying this. I think this is great podcast material. Mm-hmm. Chicken bop. So, chicken bop, like B A P bop. Yeah, bop. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as you might expect, they serve chicken. <laughs> so, I'm 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 also mainly a prep cook, or I am a prep cook. So I am prepping said chicken. <laughs> what does that feel like now? 
that's what I wanted to talk about. Wow. So, so, so this place does have vegan options and they're, they're getting better at that. So there's a tofu option and there's an impossible meat option that they have on certain days. And I think they rotate the impossible meat versus the tofu option. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, the chicken and gyro meat. And now there's a fried chicken sandwich mm. on uh, Saturdays. And the question is, I don't eat any of it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I haven't, I haven't eaten any, any of it. But would you prepare the food for a job even if you wouldn't eat it? Mm. And it depends on where your morals lie, I guess, on veganism and why you do it. I mean, for me, I think people make up their mind to eat meat. <clears throat> it's hard for me to say. Because the thing that I've been liking about veganism is the way I feel personally, which is a bit of a selfish vegan. I understand. <laughs> well, that might be a health-related vegan. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about what vegan is, veganism is, I do think it's an anti-exploitation stance. Yeah. And if... If that's not your complete stance or not yet, either you're heading in that direction mm-hmm. or not. And I think that's important too. Related. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too, like not to exploit or have the condition to be a lot better. Mm. And because I think of the overconsumption of meat in this country is what causes the meat industry to be as bad as it is. Interesting. So, but, so you believe in welfareism? You think that, well, let's make the conditions better and then kill them? Like that no. would be okay? Because that's what welfareism is. Like, no, 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 I get, get that. Let's get the crates a little bit bigger and then people seem happier that somehow their lives while they're not being oh. killed are mm-hmm. slightly better. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is, well, I guess I am kind of saying that. Right. I don't think that's good enough. I think that... People, hmm, how do I want to phrase this? But do you know what percentage of animals come from factory farms? That's a good place to start. There's like 90%, 95% or something, right? It's like 99. 99? It's a 0.5%. huge number. It's, it's huge. huge. So even if we talk farms. about these backyard farms and, and hens that are like egg laying hens that are in the backyards and so on and so forth, we're talking about such small amounts mm-hmm. of these that are not sustainable and definitely couldn't feed this population or the demand. That's yeah. And if, if you think about it, we go through so much meat that mm. these factory farms just happen to exist and they get bailed out time after time. Different things. And I'm not saying that if they had better environment, it would be better. It better. I think that's a start. I think that people not necessarily are ready to get rid of the meat industry entirely. I think, I think that I'm trying to think of what I think. It's always hard <laughs> doing that. No, I think it's really great that you keep thinking because that's like, all we're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. To keep thinking and to yeah. keep moving in some direction and not to be scared of the possibility of having to think of something and then the possibility of having to change something and the possibility that the way we've been living our lives have not necessarily been right. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to face that. Yeah, so if we can face that and just keep a critical eye without judgment on ourselves or our lives, doing the best that we can given the situation, then we can move forward. It's when you dig your heels in and try to continue what it was that you did in order to either feel comfortable or not have to change Mm -hmm. anything or not admit that something that you had been taught was not right. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not, yeah, you're entirely right. It's about the thinking and being able to be wrong or be able to change the current way. Right. That you're thinking to evolve your thinking. So I guess my current way of thinking is what I'm talking about. And people can agree or disagree with this or. What what are you talking about exactly? Whether you need to, whether you're willing to work with it, the chicken or not? No, whether the chicken needs to die or not, not whether the chicken needs to die, whether the farming practices and stuff like that are ethical in the first place and stuff. Because I guess the more you think about it, the more you're like, well, these chickens are sentient beings and now they're just dying. And this is without talking about like the male chicks and other animals in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because the male chicks are just discarded. True. Unless, well, see, I don't understand because there's so much like chicken meat. Right. So male- I, I think that there's a territorial thing that happens mm-hmm. to male chicks that are roosters, right? Yeah. There can't be more than a certain amount of them mm-hmm. in a space from what I understand. Yeah. But there's so much chicken meat that it can't only be females mm. chicken meat, right? Or no? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, no. Interesting. Maybe they don't well, kill them all. Yeah, but the large majority of them do. That's messed up. Yeah. And it's proven that they're sentient. Right. Right? right? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I had somebody have a fight with me because I have a SCOBY, a kombucha SCOBY. And she asked, how do you eat that SCOBY? You're vegan. And I, I said, well, it's not alive. And she's like, well, it looks alive. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever seen a kombucha SCOBY, but it looks like a placenta. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people know what a placenta looks like, but it, it's an odd looking kind of fleshy colored disc that creates the kombucha. And I said, it's not alive. And she was fighting with me that that was alive because it was creating the kombucha. But I think of it more like a plant that grows or yeah. moss. Is it alive versus sentient? Right. And then, and then I said, it's not sentient. It doesn't have a nervous system. It is a combination of singer, singer, single cellular organisms. Mm-hmm. It has a nervous system. It feels pain. It loves its young and takes care of it. It has its own ability to do what it needs to do to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. And that is your definition of sentient. Yeah. Makes sense. So I, I'm just thinking about what I'm doing now. After all, through this, it was even like 10 minutes we've been talking mm, about my job and stuff and about why I don't eat meat, which is partially for, I guess, part primarily for health reasons, but also watching like what the health and stuff, mm. the environment, what it does to communities. And is by cooking the food for this place, am I supporting that? Right. That's an interesting question. That That's something question. to put out to your listeners too. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you? What do you all think? What do you think? And and I, I could always find another job. Like I'm 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 looking for other job for jobs and stuff always. But because you never know when the perfect job or a good job's gonna happen. But am I supporting that industry by cooking it? And I guess the glass, there's two ways to look at it. The chicken's already dead, I'm just cooking it. <laughs> yes, that is one is way. One way to look at it. Or <laughs> it's I'm helping prepare this and helping other people enjoy the chicken. So I'm supporting it. I think that's both supporting. One is that the the chicken's already dead. No, no, no. What I'm saying is if I didn't work there, the chicken would be dead anyways. That's true. 
So do you think that you're helping the vegan cause by bringing in a vegan presence in a place yeah, like that? Yeah, it be a pre- presence? And then like they're trying, people are nowadays trying to come up with more and more vegan items. Well, I was surprised you told me they had Beyond Meat and Tofu because originally mm-hmm. you thought they had none of it. Well, they had mushrooms previously and they had a hummus option, but because of COVID and a lim- they're having a limited schedule. Mm-hmm. So the question is, you, you get what I'm saying? So the question is, is it better to have the presence there because I can talk with people about my experiences, what I like, what are, what other people seem to be eating, what are good, what are cheaper things that are vegan? Like I was suggesting uh, tempeh. To your boss? Is that who you uh, suggest- Well, to my friend that I suggested to the boss. Interesting. And like tempeh, it's different than tofu. It has more flavor. It's nuttier is the way I like to put it. Right. It's fermented too. It's a bit mm-hmm. better for you then it's than, probably more expensive though i don't know i don't know if you Even buy tofu. anything in bulk, in bulk what would that yeah. would be like and wholesale mm-hmm. that's an interesting question you working there does that hurt their business if you're actively trying to talk people out of buying chicken well i'm not trying to talk people out of buying chicken like i don't talk first of all we don't have any connection to people picking up we they just order tickets online and then we send out food oh so i'm not you know telling people don't eat chicken but i would suggest other vegan options to try before and stuff there's also just on campus are such terrible options i mean yeah yeah not much uh they did i had a black bean burger yesterday from the place next door it was a little girl place and it was pretty good wow that's black awesome. bean burger yeah i was surprised i was like it's a vegan and he said no it has cheese and I was like, and anybody said, I'll check. And then it turned out it didn't have cheese. Wow. So, that's great. Yeah, it was really good. And it's fairly popular, he was saying. So that was really good. That's hopeful. Really good. And, and I think it, you're seeing more stuff being infiltrated into society now with mm-hmm. more vegan options showing your restaurants, even fast food places and stuff. They're realizing this is another angle. Now, do they actually care about the animals or do they want money? Probably the latter. But it's a good step to have the vegan option in the first place. Mm. Interesting. I mean, if the government will actually stop subsidizing the meat and dairy industry, then we would be able to vote with our dollars. But since there's such large subsidizing and lobbying for those particular industries, we can't actually get them out. Mm -hmm. The dairy industry was essentially dying and then the subsidies ended up happening and then large contracts were going to different places that had no choice, like schools and hospitals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they run all these campaigns. Yes. With with very strong athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. The milk mustache, like I'm (laughs) going to say, I'll make you stronger. Good bones. Yeah, exactly. Can you get calcium from uh, any plants or... Tons of plants. Yeah. I mean, soy has lots of calcium. Leafy greens have calcium. There's tons of calcium. I mean, is that, where, is that where cows get the calcium that produces in cow milk? Because it has to come from somewhere. Is it from all the grass? It's all, it's all from plants. Every animal we eat is, they're herbivores. We, we don't eat any carnivores. Do you know any carnivores that we eat? I'm trying to think. I mean, people eat bear meat. Those are omnivores, but... Uh, certain fishes, certain fishes are higher up the food chain. I know in certain cultures, they eat shark. That's true. I wish they would oh. stop killing those shark. 
just for that shark fin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, real. just for the fin. Uh, let's see what else. What other? I mean, the sharks should be more scared of us than we should be of them. That's for sure. I mean, how yeah. many hundreds of thousands of sharks do we kill versus how many people have died because of shark injury? It's well, you're less likely to die of a shark attack than you are of a car crash. Well, by a lot, I think, too. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> because the <laughs> amount of car crashes that happen in a year versus the amount of shark attacks. Definitely. Very, very different. I guess you wouldn't have to be, you'd have to be pretty unlucky. That is true. Although, you know, there are people are have shark sightings off the coast of different you know, oceans and beaches and stuff, and then they try to stay out of the water. I would say that's smart. But <laughs> talking about odds, mm. what else I wanted to talk about? Poker? No, I'm going with this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about poker today. I think Nana wants to have a game on Saturday. Oh, tomorrow? Yeah. I don't think I can make it. It's going to rain. Mm. I don't know about driving in the rain too much. Okay. How's your driving going, by the way? Adam, good. the new driver. Uh, my brake lights, one of my brake lights is out. Oh, seriously? You've got to get that fixed or you'll get a ticket. Yeah, I'm going to try to get that fixed. Uh, I don't know how to do it exactly. I'll need to ask somebody. Do you have a place, like a garage, that you might be able to bring it to? Because I don't know if you're going to do I that yourself. Help. My friend said he could help me. Okay, cool. But uh, we're going to do that, which sucks. So one of my brake lights is out, I guess. Mm. I guess that's what one of the things in the car was trying to tell me. Mm. <laughs> but no, I've been reading the... Uh, I've been reading the book, uh, the biggest bluff book that you've been reading. Oh. Nana gave me her copy. I didn't realize you had it. Oh. Nana gave me her copy. I was going to give it back. She has a copy? No, I I was reading it and I couldn't find it. So I I think, did she take it? She took it and gave it to you. I don't think she took it. She totally did. She didn't. Oh, phone call. That was Nana calling to tell us whether we have a game tomorrow or not. Does she want to come talk about poker? (laughs) <laughs> if put she could get on, put her on speaker mode. On. She does have a rough time getting on. Yeah, we'll look at her mode. after. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I but, so I'm reading the biggest buff book, and it's really interesting. Mm. We're a very big poker family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was taught poker by my grandparents when I was three years old. I was young. Yeah, very young. Now, before you say that it's irresponsible parenting, there are a lot of positives from poker. I want to hear them. It's very. Yeah, I love different. poker. I love poker. First of all, you learn math. True. You learn probabilities, which is the whole thing. Secondly, you learn cognitive skills or matching skills, which are very important. Because when you're three, you don't have much poker strategy besides, oh, I got an ace. There's an ace. I'm going to win. It's easy. I got this. Yeah. Uh, and, but those are cognitive skills, right? Is that Definitely. the Definitely. Cognitive. They were they were good they were good homeschooling skills when you mm-hmm. were homeschooled. Very good homeschooling. Lots of skills. card games. Yeah. Uh, poker also helps you learn um, uh, different strategies. Strategies are important. It help. It's a big thinking game. It's a critical thinking game. Hmm. Gives you lots of opportunities to think flexibly hmm. or think about what you will want to do. So I think that's well, also important for kids to have the ability to think. I agree. I think poker's fantastic. It, it it was given the delineation of gambling though, which is really interesting. And that's mm-hmm. obviously because people are playing for money. 
but it's not a game that you have to have the best hand or the best card or get the number to win. Mm -hmm. It's a game where people who don't have the best hand will win and people who have the best hand will win. So there is quite a bit of skill in it. So in some ways, it doesn't feel like a gambling game. Isn't that what Maria Konnikova says yeah, yeah, yeah. in The Biggest Bluff? So, so it's not, in that regard, it's not gambling. It is gambling in the way that there is some randomness. But there's randomness in everything. Right. So it's no different than life. It's just this has a bad, this has a bad image, I guess, or a certain image. Because, mm. I mean, in the book, she was comparing poker to like the stock market. Mm. Right. I really appreciated that comparison. The stock market you put is a form of trading or gambling that, you know, is legal in every state. And it's very volatile as well. And pretty damn random. Mm-hmm. Like, why does the stock go up or stock go down, depending on certain the... reasons? No, there are trends. There are, you look at graphs. There are people, if you are a stockbroker or somebody who's been in the stock market for a long time and a trustworthy one and a good one, you will hit on a lot more stocks than somebody who's either an amateur or who doesn't do as much. Yeah, Same but you can't poker. decide why the stock market goes down or not. If an election happens and all of a sudden a certain candidate gets in, then the stock market will go down. It's not you based can, on you earnings can, or not earnings. Or, yeah, like, you can do that, but there's people who chart that, people who have ideas of that. I mean, there are people who saw the bubble coming in 2008 and made a shit ton of money off of that. Right, they might have seen it coming, but it is still pretty random, though. The average person might not know that it's coming. No, the average person is not going to know it's coming. Right, the fact that it goes up and down, though, for no apparent reason that's completely easily understandable or based on whatever their production is or sales. or It's based on the overall economy. It's based on... uh, It's based on how the company's doing. If they come out with a new product, it might go up. If they do certain things, supply and demand. Like, right now whoever you can it's this is basically gambling but whoever makes a covid vaccine is going to make a shit ton of money it's That's a publicly right. traded company well their investors are going to make a shit ton of money good luck finding out which one it is all their pharmaceutical companies are publicly traded that's for sure yeah that's why it's really hard to trust the research that comes out of there mm-hmm. so that's what's going on mm, got it and like how is that different from poker true 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 i don't know Yeah, I've been watching, you know, so now I understand the table seating and what each player is called. I've been Mm -hmm. watching this one vlog, Brad Owens. I don't know if you've ever watched Brad Owens with me, but he's a poker player and he just has really good poker sense. And I like the way he goes around and tells what's going on at the table. But I didn't realize that after the small blind, big blind, there's under the gun, under Mm -hmm. the gun one, under the gun two, low jack, high jack, cut off, button I just didn't know all those things. I don't know all the things exactly, but I know it based on position. Now, I know that the first person act. So for people who don't know what poker is, we're talking about (laughs) Texas Hold'em. Yes, thank you. Texas Hold'em, you get dealt two cards. There could be any amount of people at your table. Most likely, there'll be like seven, eight, six. Depends on how many people you're playing with. Depends on the the social Mm -hmm. distancing of the table. Because there's betting, I guess it's viewed as gambling. I think when you put in the light as betting, just because when people think of betting, they think of like horse racing or like sports betting. Right. And those are frowned upon because right. there's, and there's some skill in that. Ooh. People do data. There are professional betters. Right. Sure. There are. There's professional. You can do anything professionally. I guess so. That sounds like fun. Professional betting. 
Oh, being a professional player. Oh no, I I would love to be a professional poker player. That's my dream job. I could totally see you doing that too. I don't want to do that. I don't know enough actually. I'm not very good at reading people. Trying to work on it. You should definitely go on those. Go on Brad Owen's poker vlog. You should definitely like study him. I've been playing a lot of uh, World Poker Tour on my phone. How's that going? I've been playing like one tournament a day. It's going pretty well. Yeah, you like were winning that last tournament you were playing. I won one tournament. I I came in like second. There's like. 500 people i'm trying to play more aggressively yeah oh and we'll get into that this could be a poker this could be a poker podcast Poker episode (laughs) poker podcast definitely poker podcast uh yeah i would go to vegas and poker podcast when i know like three months oh that sounds like a good plan (laughs) doesn't that sound like fun yeah well i'm moving to alaska guys i got a job so i'll be on four weeks off four weeks maybe we'll like go and meet in vegas and hang out yeah that's like halfway that, that makes sense Yes, I think money. So. See, this is why I take jobs cooking chicken, so I can have money to gamble with, <laughs> with my mom. You're not making enough money in that job cooking chicken to come and gamble with me. We got to make you some more money. I do have to make some more money. Please support mm. the podcast. I'll make a... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a Patreon. I and could get do people a Patreon. To We're up yeah. to 17 estimated viewers in episodes, so you know. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, we're like 285. It's going up. It's doing good. Yeah, it's, it's doing, doing really, really good, good now. Good. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and I guess it'll only grow. Of course it will. That's the this. massive action thing. You keep mm-hmm. going, even if you fall down a thousand times. Are you of willing course. to fall down a thousand times, 10,000 times to get to where you want to go? Absolutely. Because you will. You definitely will. And that goes back to playing poker because you're going to yes. lose 10,000 times and you can't worry about losing 10,000 times. Did they say that your loss percentage should actually be higher? That her loss percentage was too low in a way. That meant she wasn't taking enough risk, which also meant that she wouldn't make it to the final table, that she might come into the money at some point in these poker tournaments, but she would never get to the the final table or well, play heads up for yeah, the win. That's why people who, when you play in a poker tournament, the blinds increase. So we're going to go back to explaining poker for anybody who doesn't know. Okay. But... So you get dealt two cards and the blinds increase. You, you have your chips. Let's say you start with 1,500 chips. Seems like a decent amount. Problem is everybody else starts with 1,500 chips too. That's only if you're playing uh, a tournament. Yeah, if you're playing a tournament. If you're playing a cash game, it's entirely different. That's, you right. just have your entire bankroll. What you put in, you lose. What you take out, you win. In a tournament, right. you put in a certain amount of money and it gets pooled. And then a prize pool gets paid out to however many people it's paying. That's how it goes. And so you get dealt two cards. These are your cards only. And you look at them. And there are certain cards that are better than others. And we could go through all this at some point too, but not right now. So you look at your two cards and you're like, huh, do I like these two cards or do I not like these two cards? If you like the two cards, you can either call or bet or raise, I guess, in that scenario. Because there's a big blind and a little blind. So you call the blinds. And uh, if you like your hand, and you stay in the pot. So th- very simple. Next, after the first round of betting, there is dealt three community cards. These are cards that anybody at the table can use. Okay? And so you then look at your cards and see, do you like your hand with those three cards? Now, they can make your hand better. I guess they always make your hand better, technically, but they can make your hand better. They can make your hand not good right but everybody has the opportunity of that helping their hand to become mm-hmm. better or not you yeah just the yes only cards that are your owns 
are the two that you have. After the flop, which is what it's called, there's another full round of betting. And if you really like your hand or you think you have the best hand and can win, you might want to bet. If not, you can check and there's no harm done. If somebody Tell what checking is. Checking is basically where you pass your turn, but you're still in the hand. Right. Right? If somebody if you check, which means you pass your turn to somebody else bets, you have to call to stay in. Or if you don't like your hand that much, you can fold and get rid of your hand, but you lose all the money you already put in. So you have to be until the end or be the only one left to win. But folding is okay because you lose less money. And don't always think of it as, oh, no, I'm losing money. No, you were getting information or you thought you had a chance to make money. You can't make money without risking something. Same in anything. Same in life. After the flop comes the turn, which is the fourth card. And this is also a card for anybody to use. And there's one more round. There's another round of betting. After that, if there are people still in, there comes a fifth card, the river. So that's where people say, oh my God, he rivered it or whatever, because sometimes you get lucky and that last card helps you so much. Sometimes you get unlucky and that last card makes you lose. It happens. You can't do anything about that. What you can do is how you play your hand. And so after the last card, there's another round of betting. And basically, you, if you both, if there are people in the hand at the end, you flip it over and whoever has the better hand wins. And so what you do is based on your two cards in your hand and what you can tell about other people's two cards in their hand, you have to decide whether or not you think you have the best hand. Right, and you can only use three of those cards or you use three you of those cards to- use as many as you want. You could use as many as you want, but it's, it's a combination of five cards. So mm -hmm. the two in your hand and three that will make your hand better on the board, or you could use all five cards on the board, but that's everybody's cards. So if let's say all five cards on the board were the best hand possible, then everybody in the hand would win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's poker. That's poker. And yeah. what's really interesting is the best hand does not always win. True. Well, 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 the best hand always wins if it gets to the end. That's true. That is true. Same left. Right. But the best hand doesn't always win because if you don't have a strong hand or if you think somebody else has like a mediocre hand and your hand's bad, you can bet and try to bluff them away from the pot because you think, oh, they're not going to call. And by doing that, it's about putting people in pressurized situations mm. and making it difficult. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's really good yeah. about poker. And there's so many different variations and things that can happen. Mm. I just love playing. Yeah, it's really, really fun. A lot of fun. It is it? fun reading people. I, I definitely can't do that yet, but I think it mm -hmm. takes time. I think it takes it time and practice. Yeah. It's about how you think certain people would play and everybody plays differently. That's what makes it hard. True. Like if you look at professional poker players, they have the hardest job, but they also have the easiest job. Mm. They play with the same damn people every time. It depends Eventually, if they play with the same people. You know. Yeah, but like there's certain poker pros in every tournament. Right, certain ones, that's for sure. But at some of those meetup games, there are just a lot of different people. Some people that that's don't true. know a couple people that they do. Mm -hmm. We should definitely go to a meetup game, though. I, I would definitely bankroll you for that. Aw, thank you. Yeah, I think you're great. Don't you remember the story back in the Yeah, there, I mean, there's a big story. Like when I was nine years old, so I, I've played poker since I was three. 
big poker fan. My mom's only recently really got into poker. I've, I've always kind of played. You played I mean, because I've, it was brought you closer with your parents. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the only time that you get to sit by, my father's not a really big talker. Mm-hmm. And so when we played poker, I could sit by him for three hours and play and we could just share an experience and yeah. not necessarily have to talk. And I just really like sharing that experience. It's kind of like a baseball game. A baseball game's like that too. Like I remember that during a baseball game was kind of one of the few times where you would actually be sitting for three hours or however long a game is. And we would just be hanging out. And I really like that. Yeah. So, but no, when I was like nine or something. Yeah. Younger. We were in the Cayman Islands. and there was it was, a, You were younger than nine. You, you probably like, been like seven. Seven. Yeah. There's a poker tournament. We were on vacation in the Cayman Islands with my grandparents. Our uh, uncle owns a timeshare. And uh, I was seven years old. And it was a free tournament, okay, mind you. Mind you, it was a free tournament. And I really wanted to play because I like to play poker. I was pretty good. I'm just going to say that. You were excellent. But it wasn't exactly free. It was, it was it only was, a not. It was free. But if you were the first person out at your table, you had to pay for a round of drinks for the entire table. Right. And the drinks there were pretty expensive. So if there were eight people at your table, you would be paying a hundred bucks for something. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. And the winner got like a hundred dollar bar tap. So that's how the house won. House definitely won that day. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. But so I wanted to play and nobody would bankroll me because I don't have money to buy people drinks. I'm seven. So I was running to my dad. I was like, yo, let me play, let me play. And I was, he was like, no, no, no. So I was crying and I wanted to really wanted to play. And so I went to my mom. You went back to the room because I wasn't going to play in that yeah, tournament. And you came back play. and you, you were like, nobody trusts me. Nobody's going to let me play. I want to play. It's for money. I know how to play this game. And mm-hmm. I was like, I will bankroll you. And we came and I actually played as well. And, and you literally it was, it was the it out Nerd and, It was the Nerd and Greenberg tournament. We ran that tournament. We, did we so definitely well. were. We, yeah. we did the best out of anybody. Like, oh, my God. So I played. My mom played. My dad played. Uh, my grandparents played. And uh, so we go, and I did not get out first. Uh, you didn't get out close to first. You like made it to the I final table. I made it to the final table. And I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. I I'm, I'm kind of mad. I got, I got beat badly. I had trip kings. And I was kind of a small stack, so I went all in. And the sh- other short stack, or pretty short stack, had me covered by a little bit, called. And then on the river, they hit their um, low straight. Yes. And beat my trip kings. Oh my God, but you played it so beautifully. And then you know what, what you did? You know what you did, right? I went to sleep or no? I no, you shook his hand and you said, good game. Mm-hmm. And that was that's it. That's the only thing you can do. Sometimes you're going to lose and that's okay. You have to live with it. Like, could I play better than that? No. Could I have done something different previously in the tournament to get more chips and stuff? Possibly. But I can't be concerned about that. But it was a lot of fun. And I was seven. So. You played it. You played a brilliant tournament. It what else could I really do? And then, yeah, brilliant to watch you. And then my I dad totally and trust you. my dad and my grandpa chopped for first place, so we won anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But yeah, hopefully, we, I'm playing some poker up here with my friends. Are you, have you been playing poker with your friends? Did you bring the yeah. chips up? I you did, did bring it, right? The chips up. So have we'll, you been using those? We haven't used it yet. Okay. Hey, but, you yeah. got clean the other night. How'd that go? It went good. We have a clean house now. Pretty much. So wow. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, that's been like 40 minutes. That's been 40 minutes already. Yeah, I have my barely talked on. about anything. Oh my God. Minutes. We talked about wow. poker and we talked about my, about veganism. Did, but did we come up with something about your job or we're waiting for everybody listening? I guess, 
anybody could respond or we'll come up with something for next week. So yeah. figure something out. Anyways, thank you. Fantastic. If you have anything about my job or anything in general, you could email me at reluctantveganson at gmail.com with any comments, questions, concerns. Uh, follow me on Instagram. You could message me there, reluctantveganson on Instagram. Uh, Nikki, find her at nikkiinthehumanelement.com. Uh, listen to her album out on Spotify. Listen to, uh, yeah, follow her at Nikki in the Human Element on Instagram or NYC Health Day. So thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah. We love you guys. And just keep moving forward, everybody. Like, I think everybody, I just wanted to say this one thing is that people mm-hmm. get really worried about if you're a vegan or if you're doing something socially conscious that you're, you have to do everything and you don't have to do everything. You just don't. Have to- keep moving in that direction and keep going with your integrity and try to move things forward. It's not Mm -hmm. an all or nothing deal and not being able to do everything doesn't mean that you should not try something. Absolutely. That's what I wanted to say. All right. Sounds good. Love you guys. Bye everybody. Bye.